welcome to Autism on Shift. This is Thora. This is Adam. Today we have a very special guest. His name is Will, and he is a carpenter, and he's also an advocate uh, for autistic people. And um, we had a great conversation with him, so we are actually going to split it into two episodes. Today you'll meet Will the carpenter. Next week we'll meet Will the advocate. So just beware at the end of the show, it might end a little abruptly. Thanks! Today we're talking to Will. Uh, Will is awesome and fun, and he is a carpenter for trade. He actually does a lot of things, and we're going to talk about a lot of stuff today. Um, Will, thank you for being here. Hi. Hi there. I think the other thing that you're forgetting to mention is uh, I'm British as well, uh, which I think, is it a first for you on the podcast? No. No. Nikki, Nikki lives in the UK as well. She's the autism coach. I don't know if you. Um... No, I don't think I've uh, reached up to there. I think I, uh, I'm up to um, about coding, and uh, I just finished the uh, the dog training. I thought that was a fantastic one. Nice, right on. Awesome. Yeah, Tara was really fun. Thanks for listening. Mm. Yeah, that's exciting, and thanks for being willing to come talk to us. Yeah, I have actually seen some of your work online, and I am. In, I am I'm impressed. You do really good woodwork, and uh, mm-hmm. when I can afford shipping, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna commission a um, across the pond. Uh, yeah, a, a screen, one of those room screens. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, that. Um, did you see the Japanese one that I did? Yes, I love it. That was actually my first year project at university. I've still got it downstairs. I've put it up to sale. It's I've probably underpriced it and everything. Um, and I've had lots of interest. It's just nobody ever seems to follow through on actually purchasing it. And um, it, it it was my first real handmade piece of furniture. I, I love it. I, I even did the embroidery and the reverse applique myself. Um, and I, uh, the bottom sheets uh, pleated uh, for anybody who's listening. It's um, uh, I I I chose to do a Japanese inspired room divider. So it's it's got um, panels. Uh, in it um, that have been painted uh, gloss black to kind of fit in with that Japanese room feel with calico running through the center and I've um, done a bonsai tree with red leaves and uh, the um, the actual tr- the wood of the tree is uh, in black uh, fabric um, and I've used a technique called reverse applique um, which is layering up fabrics and then I've embroidered uh, kanji letters into uh, each side, and the kanji is um, dragon and god. Because like, you know, I was watching a lot of Dragon Ball Z when I was at uni. <laughs> nice, that's awesome. It's beautiful. Um, if anybody wants to look at it, um, will you share your um, website? Are you willing to share your website with? The- always. Uh, I I I was like uh, 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 feedback. It's got links on my social media, and uh, you you get the most up to date on my Instagram or um, Facebook. Tends to be my my finished products, but uh, my website is irate bespoke, but that's spelled I R, and then it's a number eight bespoke B E S. P-O-K-E.com. Uh, I've moved more into um, fine uh, fine furniture rather than the rustic style and everything. And uh, it, the name doesn't kind of go with, but the logo, everybody seems to recognize the logo. So uh, I kind of feel I, I, I need to stick with the name as well. Cool. So um, tell us about um, a day in the life of a carpenter. What, what... 
So, um, for for example, today, um, uh, I've be I've got I've, I tend to have several projects on the go at the same time. With the way I work, if I focus on one thing too much, I I, I start making mistakes. So I like to have two or three projects on the go um, and move from one to the other. Um, today alone, um, I've um, uh, I set up the machines and. The, one of the hardest things with wood I've found moving more and more into the fine uh, furniture is trying to get things flat. Interesting. It's okay. absolutely insanely <laughs> difficult to get things. Because the other thing that um, it, it's mentioned around, and I, uh, I'm still learning more and more, um, but wood movement, because it's a living thing, if you cut it or you take too much off one side it'll start to bend in different ways and sometimes you just can't predict it so when you make big cuts you've got to wait a week between the big cuts just to allow for any wood movement so um to make it flat uh, i've been passing over uh, what's called a uh, planer and it's just two really sharp blades spinning around um really really fast and i have to put my hands on top of the wood and push it over the top of these spinning blades uh, i've spent most of the day uh passing large uh, pieces of wood uh through the planer and then through this thickness to get the other side done lifting it up carrying it back over and then passing it through again and then lifting it up and passing it and it sounds monotonous but i mean it's it's Oak smells fantastic when it's yeah. freshly cut, and um, you know, I, 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 I'm in the workshop on my own, so I've just been able to um, relax. I've, I've been wearing a vest like like I am now, and uh, um, you know, it, you have those moments where you. Uh, my mentor says uh, there's uh, three moments when a man feels like a man um, shooting a gun, which I've done, and uh, uh, and I do love uh, love going hunting and things like that, and sharpening a um uh, a pencil with a knife and uh well the other the last one was being able to write your name in the snow uh, when you pee <laughs> i create videos while i'm in the workshop so i set my phone That's up cool. on a little tripod and do uh time-lapse videos and then put them together neatly and uh, they're on my youtube channel as well as well as on instagram and things so okay. if you want to see how that works that, that, that yeah when I've got a the door, for example, I mean, when you say, oh, I'm making a door. Oh, really? I use doors all the time. Yeah, but can you make it? <laughs> um, you know, uh, I'm building a house. Oh, I've got a house. Did you build it? Um, you know, it's, <laughs> um, doors are actually quite com uh, like difficult because they have to fit um, the, the specific doorway and everything. Yeah, the, the, oh, the, yeah. there's going to be a bit of trimming down once it actually gets there because you can never get it perfect. So you make it just a little bit bigger for the, uh, than the frame to be able to fit in. But um, I, actually, I actually watch uh, people uh, on YouTube build things. I build things. I've, I've built our uh, entertainment center here out of wood, and mm. I enjoy I'm I'm not probably nearly as good as you. Well, I know I'm not as good as you, but uh, I enjoy and I really enjoy watching the process and I've actually seen someone build a door and have it, what it goes into and it was actually, mm. I find it relaxing I want to I uh, ask you there's a couple of things that uh, brought up one, th uh, one thing you had mentioned uh, mentor so I do want to uh, go over that because in the states it's a little dif uh, bit different so I do want to ask that question in just a moment but also um, because you had mentioned you know something you like about your work which is you know, being able to be comfortable, wear you know, wear a T-shirt or you know, uh, whatever, 
Is there anything you dislike about like? Because here's here's what I imagine real quick. I I was in my head uh, when Thor asked that question earlier about you know tell me about you know the, you know, the day in the life of a self-employed you know you know. And I mm. said, well, first I have to pull myself out of bed and motivate myself. You know, but that's clearly not an issue for you. You sound like you're a get up and go kind of person, which is fantastic. It's uh, made my hobby into my work, so it's you know. Wonderful. Um, I mean, uh, on that subject, I was thinking, uh, like, uh, one of the tables I was doing, uh, when I buy oak, um, I buy very, very rough cut oak, it's still got bark attached to it, yeah. and you've, you've got this thing called a draw knife, which is, um, it's a blade, but it's got two handles either side, yep. for you to draw it towards yourself to rip the bark off, and um, there was one day I had to take six uh, metres uh, of bark off, oh, wow. and... Um, it was two hours. It was hot. It was last summer. Um, I was sweating. Uh, I was exhausted. My back was hurting. And I thought, this is one of the hardest, most arduous things, but at least I'm still working with wood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you said you went to university. What was, it? what was the major for what you do, or was it even specific to that? Um, design technology and engineering. Okay. So, um what actually got uh, you interested but, to go there? I'm sorry to interrupt. I was curious, though, what actually uh, got you interested in moving into uh, that field? Anything? Or was it, it was something you always liked? Uh, what, uh, doing woodworking and things like that? Yeah, I, um, mean, I, I mean, did you have a well, different idea in mind when you went to university, or was that what you went for because you wanted to do woodworking? Well, okay, it goes quite back a bit. and uh, yeah. I, had a, I had quite a good teacher at school. He... Honestly, he seemed like he was on his way out, but he took time uh, with the kids who actually cared, cool. and the ones that didn't, he still got them to produce the work. And um, so he he kind of let me do whatever I want, and uh, it, it's what we called it at the time was CDT, uh, okay. Craft Design Technology. What you'd call it is shop class. Sure. Um, and board. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, so he, he, uh, I made like um, uh, electronic games and things like that where I, I made the body out of MDF and I sanded it and spray painted it and vacuum foamed the uh, the actual panel, fitted electronics into it, just basic uh, electronics, like a basic PCB and everything. And uh, when when I left school, I went on to um, six-month college because school in England finishes at 16 and then you get the chance to do... Um, uh, is it, uh, further education and then higher education so further education is sixth form or college or some form of uh, extended education whether it be an apprenticeship to become um, in the trade like an electrician plumber or joiner and things like that or you can go down the educational route uh, well what's seen as traditional education uh, which is classroom based sixth form um, and end up dropping out and uh, the agreement I had with my parents from a young age is I'm in education and they'll support me or I'm working and I pay some bills, which sure. is a fair deal. Absolutely. When I had to pick which type of degree I wanted to do, um, I thought, you know, I can go down the literature, I can go down the science. I do enjoy science and everything, but I chose to go down tech because, uh, well, design, engineering, technology, that type of thing, because I had so much fun in that classroom when I was 13, 14, and uh, it was... Uh, I'd been out in the world for a bit, I'd worked for a bit, uh, and granted I was only 19 when I, I chose it, but it influenced me to that point. I'm curious, uh, when you uh, chose to go from, was it right out of school, or from like, you know, um, employed to self-employed, 
when was that turn for you? Was it? So I, I, I left university. I got a graduate job straight away. Um, it wasn't right for me. I, I was constantly arguing with uh, management because it was about uh, they they're bothered about their pie charts. Oh yeah. Yeah. And fitting in, and uh, but I was bothered about doing it correctly. Yeah. And um, I worked f- um, at, uh, for Apple Care for a short time as well, about a year and a half. And when I left there, it was um, I, I'm I'm always quite ambitious when I when I go into things. So I always try to go for management and move my way up and training and things like that. And uh, I, when I was at Apple Care, it was on the CPU, the computer. So we were dealing more with Macs because. Um, iPhone, it's turn it off and turn it on again and uh, contact your provider. Um, whereas Max, we get to actually play with the software. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, and you know, from an inside Apple point of view, I, you know, regardless of what you might think about their company, they actually really push the customer has to have a good experience. I mean, that was that what, what, what we told, which is interesting because what they kept saying is it does not matter if you fix that problem, the customer has to leave happy. Yeah. Uh, and if you can't get them to leave happy, they go to a manager and their manager makes them leave happy. <laughs> uh, you know, and they're, they're so focused on you have, the customer has to have a good experience. So like I'm you sorry, get people I'm sorry saying, it's not working, but, but you're very pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you. I, I, it didn't work, but I feel a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it was it was uh, stuff like that. I, I mean, sorry, that just reminded me of when I was selling computers uh, one year, and uh, I think I really should have known I was autistic at this point. Um, <laughs> this woman was talking to me, and she was talking about different computers, and it was a busy store. It was a Saturday. It was getting close to a holiday season and stuff like that, and all of a sudden, she turns around and goes, Here, are you gay? And I went, No. And she said, well, I've been flirting with you for ages and you won't give me any money off. So uh, why why is that? And in the middle of the shop, I just went, are you going to sleep with me? And she said, no. And I went, and you're not going to get any money off then. <laughs> and she went, oh, all right then. And then we we finished up and I sold her a computer. But I really should have known at that point. I was, uh, it was just when you said, oh, um, I can't fix your computer, but you're very pretty. Uh, you know, it just reminded me of that, that moment. But uh, yeah. We all have those moments. I opened an old journal the other day and read a poem all about how much noise people make. And I should have known. Yeah. It, it's, there's always those markers and people just think that you're either, um, uh, being obnoxious or you're just too full of yourself or uh, you're being too sensitive. Oh, yes. I've heard not, all those. So, too sensitive. Yeah. yeah. And full of them yeah. myself. That's a, a very interesting. Now, now there's two things now because now I want to hear the end of when, when you switched over, uh, you know, but then I also yeah. want to know uh, when, now, were you, when you found out you were autistic or are you diagnosed as autistic? Diagnosed. So, okay. um, both, both uh, so that that that, 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 uh, that I can answer both questions at the same time. Okay, so I was cool. um, I was bouncing around jobs, and I was um, I actually had um, did uh, some um, uh, cognitive uh, behavioral therapy, and okay. one of the statements they made was, "You do not show any signs of empathy." And you know, you may have a, you may be empathetic, but you don't show any signs of empathy. So I leveraged that because. I've been saying for a long time. I mean, I've been saying since my teens. I don't feel normal. And when you when you say I don't feel normal, almost everybody agrees you have the same response. 
the person puts down what they're holding, they cross their hands over their lap and go, tilt their head slightly and go, but what is normal? And you're like, oh, That's so Christ. helpful, thank you. Well, <laughs> the, the equation... You, you are, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, um, but the, the problem with that statement is people think that they're trying to be helpful. Right. They're not. What they're doing is they're, they're not wanting to discuss the subject. They're wanting to discuss the title of the subject. And because of that, I've had to learn the words neurotypical and neurodiverse because it's the only way to have the conversation um, oh, or at least start the conversation. Um, so I, I, I went to my doctor and I said, I, you know, I, I think there's something different about me. I've, you know, I, I've had this um, assessment done on me. Um, I think there's a good chance I'm autistic. And he says, well, why do you think that? And I listed off some reason. He goes, well, you're probably not. So I waited the... Um, 90% of doctors. Wow, only 90%. Um, uh, so I... Uh, I eventually it, it took six months, which is extremely quick to talk to the diagnostic nurse. Um, and you know, I live in England. I I love the NHS. It has its problems. It uh, it has it, it's quite slow and backed up, but we have it, and you know, at least it's there to support us. Um, and I waited the six months, and which was ex- incredibly fast. And I sat down with the diagnostic nurse, and uh, we had a bit of a chat. We went through a few things, and she said, "What makes you think you're autistic?" And I said, "Well, I'm either autistic or I'm uh, psychopathic." And she said, "Why would you say that?" And I said, "Well, it's it's this the lack of empathy, and uh, there is a certain emotional disconnect and everything." And I went through uh, the reasons, and I said, "When I say psychopathic, I, I mean like the DSM." Um, diagnosis of psychopathic. I don't mean I'm a psycho, uh, which isn't a psychopath. Uh, you know that is not a psychopath. That's a high functioning sociopath. And I, I you know, I, you know, and you know, even just having that conversation, she was like, "Yeah, this guy's autistic as hell." <laughs> um, uh, so they explained to me, right? Well, we're going to have a okay, few okay, conversations. We're going to ask, you, yeah, we're going to have a conversation, a few questions, and um, uh, it may take um, two years to diagnose you. Uh, it's not an easy process. After the end of two hours of talking to me, they went, yeah, you're definitely autistic. <laughs> and they actually give me the diagnosis wrote down on that day. Now, was um, it because you flirted with her to get the... the- Autistic. You know what? I don't know how the I don't know how the sorry. Well, yeah. literal. Um, uh, I, I don't know how to flirt, but apparently I'm extremely charming. Which my uh, my ex, um, the, my my daughter's mother, uh, when I told her I'd been diagnosed, she said, "You can't. You're too charming." And this is where this is when she was still upset with me as well. Yeah. So um, you know, I th- I wasn't quite sure whether that was a compliment or a scathing insult. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I, at that point, I realised I was having trouble with uh, employment, and yeah. I I sat around and I thought I can either do nothing or I can try to do something on my own. And across the road was a nursing home, and they were getting their you know, just standard fence replaced. And I turned around to them and I said, um, what do you do with the fence? He said, oh, we take it to a yard and burn it. Otherwise, we've got to pay to have it to taken away and it got, gets put into a landfill. And I thought, well, you know, burning it's bad. Getting put into a landfill is just as bad, if not worse. I said, um, can I take it? And he says, yeah. And I was like, can I take it for free, though? And he was like, <laughs> yeah, because that means it's just saving us petrol. Yeah. Um, so I went, oh, okay. So uh, I took away most of the fence from around this nursing home and I spent three days dismantling it with what basic tools I had left over uh, during which time I had to have a tetanus booster because I kept standing on the rusty nails and um, 
uh, I, I had all this wood. And so then I had some stock uh, to actually work with. And then I started using my tools, uh, cleaned it up. I'm, I've still got the first coffee table I made out of that wood downstairs in my house now because I really like it. It's like that rustic, shabby, chic, uh, you know, uh, type of look. But um, uh, I, I'd make certain things and then sell them. I might only get, you know, $20, $30, like 20, uh, 20 pound, 30 pound. But then I'd, I'd use that to, uh, that money to then buy uh, another tool that would make it then easier. So, I, you know, I'd, uh, I'd be sanding by hand. So the next money I'd make, I'd buy uh, a sander and then uh, I'd, uh, I'd be sanding. So then I'd buy a planer, which makes it even faster. And, Very you know, I just keep leverage, leveraging it and reinvesting it into myself. And um, that was 2016. So I did that for a couple of years, a bit unfocused and... Um, then I was working with like uh, somebody from we we get a benefit called universal credit, which is you know unemployment welfare, but it it doesn't necessarily have that same stigma to it in England. Um, and I, I I said to them I I do want to work, um, but I do have trouble with you know standardized employment um and everything but i'd like to set my own business so i got some support to um that was funded by the eu to help me write a business plan which looking back it's horrific but it was my first business plan i'm <laughs> proud of it um that's awesome you should be absolutely yeah um and i registered with hmrc so like our um inland revenue service um uh, as self-employed and then I got talking to a lady called Pam Lawrence who I got put in touch with because I agreed to do some studies with I think it was Newcastle University uh, into autism and things like that and I got talking to a man called Malcolm Osborne and Malcolm is ex-military uh, ex-military medic I think he, he actually was and he only found out after he left the military um, late in life uh, I think 40s that he was autistic and then he's created a um, a small company called Kayaks, which helps kids get respite and takes them out. Uh, sp uh, special educational needs kids, you know, especially autistic kids, takes them out, um, does uh, adventure um, weekends or days or anything like that with, with them. So I got talking to this guy, Malcolm Osborne, and he said, you should really talk to Pam Lawrence. And I did not know how important Pam Lawrence was in the world, never mind uh, how important she was going to be in my life. And uh, uh, I start, when I got registered um, uh, as self-employed, I started doing craft fairs with some of the uh, shabby chic type of things that I was making out of old fencing and pallets and anything I could get for free because I couldn't really afford to buy materials and whatever I was buying was to help me uh, refine the materials I was using and um, at my first craft fair I met a woman called uh, Jane Winton um, who was set up in the stall next to me um, and she was uh, volunteering for um, the friends of uh, the friends of the local woods who helped maintain it and I got talking and she said my husband's always working I was like oh yeah this again um, uh, so I, uh, she introduced me to Pete and uh, her husband and stuff and uh, she said 
you should come and do Woodfest, which is the the it was the uh, annual uh, crafty woody um, you know it was somewhat bohemian uh, type of event in the woods and there's sing songs there's uh, people making stuff people selling stuff local craftspeople and all the rest no big business really uh, or anything it's promoting uh, ecology they had llamas it was great uh, and they had people using like wood lathes that looked like they were built in the 1850s and nice. you know all hand driven you know it, it was nice and uh, I'd been talking to this lady Pam Lawrence for a while and uh, she agreed to come out to my second craft fair, which was Woodfest. And she came out and she was quite forward, quite direct. And her business is Spectrum Enterprises CIC. So CIC in England is a uh, um, um, a charitable, uh, um, a community in- uh, interest company. So it's a charitable company. It's a for-profit company. You know, it, you'd co- probably consider it as a non-profit type of thing. They're, they're not out to make big money, but they're out there to support. Um, right. So... Um, uh, she has a CIC called Spectrum Enterprise, and uh, so she looked at what I did and said, "I'm interested in working with you. Um, let's meet up again." So, met up, and the way she explained it is: in England, we have DWP, which is not the Department of Water and Power; it's the Department of Work and Pensions. These are the people that um, uh, you know help you with the benefits or help you get into work or stay in work or uh, anything like that. And then we've got HMRC, which deals with the tax. So, you know, you know, stay away from them. Um, but uh, they have this fund called Access to Work. And the way Access to Work is it supports a person, an individual, to gain, um, uh, uh, to help overcome barriers into employment. Now, that could be if they're working for a big company, and they uh, they um, uh, get a, a head injury, which causes a long term effect. It means that uh, training can be provided not at the expense of the company, but they'll uh, they'll uh, the uh, Department of Work and Pensions (DWP) will pay for somebody to come in and explain to the company what it is and how to deal with it, and how uh, to help the person, and things like that. Fantastic. Or they could um, uh, if your deaf they can um help uh pay for some technology that might help you or they may pay for some software or they may pay for training for you personally which is just like a four uh four session thing or you know it it it, it helps you overcome barriers now what pam does is uh, she looks at w- what your needs are she applies to access to work and says you know it, this person has a chance but they they need somebody to help them uh, just grow, uh, grow uh, that little bit further and overcome things. And with autism, um, the main issue, overarching, is communication. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, we could we can argue all sorts of different things, and I I do argue all th- different sorts of different <laughs> things. But at the end of the day, it, it's it's the way we communicate. We communicate in a different way, which is why I don't show empathy. Now I. I've actually been told by a psychologist that I don't actually have empathy. I have reverse empathy. Um, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. The face you're pulling, it kind of, you know, it's what everybody does. Uh, so empathy is defined That's by... Uh, <laughs> no, no. Um, empathy is defined by being able to understand what somebody is going through and understand why they're struggling. I can't do that. Um, I... Uh, I have to understand it as if I was going through it. I, so I, I'm 
understanding it the complete opposite way it's meant to yes. happen. And but I usually I usually not always, but I usually come out at the same element that that's considered an empathetic response. Right. Oh, that must be frustrating. If you've ever rang Apple Care, you, you know that that's the statement you're going to get because <laughs> that's what they teach you in training. That must be frustrating. Uh, I I totally understand that being frustrating. Let me see what I can do to help you. So I don't necessarily show um, empathy because I've got flat effect and uh, I also don't necessarily do empathy the traditional way. I do reverse empathy. So what Pam did was she said, well, what we need to do is try and raise your skill level. Do you know any woodworkers? Because she was really trying to struggling because it's it's a you know it's an art that's not necessarily um, about as much in England as it might be in America. I mean, you know, everybody uh, like knows somebody that's a woodworker by trade or something in America or uh, you know do furniture. We we we're very IKEA based in England. Um, Overall, there's a lot of flat pack, or it's built in a different company, uh, country. Sorry, not even company. Um, so those skill levels are, are disappearing a lot. So Pam really looked hard all over the place. She found several places, but there was a lot of travel. I wasn't driving at the time. I had my license, but I didn't have a car. So it was it was a bit of a nightmare to get to. Um, and there was one. Pete? I actually did. Uh, I said there was two guys. I said one of them. Um, a statement he gave me like uh was more about aggrandizing himself which was how much are you charging i said i'm charging 15 pound an hour he goes i don't get out of bed for anything less than 25 pound an hour and i thought well that's a shitty thing to say so anyway um pete uh so jane had actually introduced me to pete and then uh, i'd went and did Woodfest, and then at christmas time uh in the the, the woods where they do a christmas tree sale but they have a lot a couple that only have like five or six uh local um crafters or businesses uh come in and sell their things so she'd invited me to come and uh sell um because that's what she was involved with at the time and i live um the the chopwell woods is just like a, a small woods for america but it, you know it's a decent size for england and i my house is a 10 minute walk from the entrance to it uh the uh and the the car parks at the opposite end of the woods just straight across now it's a half an hour walk normally but my car uh, my car had broke down that I was getting a lift in so I then uh, I had to be there for eight, eight nine o'clock in the morning so I put all my stuff into a uh, suitcase and dragged it through the center of the woods um and when she found out about that she was a bit horrified and she said Pete will give you a lift home Pete you're giving Will a lift home and he went okay Janie so we were in the car and uh Pete uh, started talking to me about my woodwork and he he was giving me some some nice praise, which was, which is a change for somebody who says they do with woodwork. And I said, so what type of woodwork he do you do? And he goes, oh well, I was trained by this expert cabinet maker in London, who they used to buy the wood off the boat and then um, polish it down, and that's what the bar tops are in London, um, and this, that, and the other. And he talked about how he went to college, and it was actually a little bit inspired. You know, it's it's almost inspiration porn listening to him and everything. So. He dropped me off and uh, I had a meeting with Pam uh, about a week later and I said, I'd like Pete, I'd like us to ask Pete if he can work with me and train me. So Pam said, okay, if that's what you want, we'll have a meeting with Pete. So Pete came down and uh, he he said, yes, I'd be interested in it. But if your struggle is communication as well, 
my wife Janie is just uh, left. I call her Jane. He's the only one on the planet that calls her Janie. So I'm just remembering <laughs> it, how he said it. But he says, uh, Jane's just uh, left um, marketing for the big train companies, Virgin and GNER and things like that. Um, she's looking at uh, what she wants to do with the rest of her life and uh, she might be able to help as well. So then we, we arranged a meeting with both of them and uh, Jane actually agreed to be my uh, communications mentor. She's a marketing specialist but um uh, uh and everything so um they both agreed to do it and what pam does is she applies to dwp on my behalf sits down with me goes through everything i struggle with she goes to dwp and uh, argues on my behalf to get funding she may um so she would necessarily say well i need 30 pound an hour to be able to support him and then she pays uh, a mentor £20 an hour to support me and then takes a small cut for her to be able to help somebody else, sure. which she explained to me on pretty much the third time we'd met. So, you know, she's very open and honest about this. We, uh, I think she also asked me a question and started laughing and said, this is why I like dealing with people with autism. They always tell you the truth, whether you want it or not. Um, I can't even remember what I said, but it was one of those statements you kind of sit back and think, "Was that offensive or not?" Oh, no. And she's just sat laughing. So, um, that's a wonderful thing too. I agree with that. Yeah. So, um, no, he's actually a commanding officer in the um, in Her Majesty's Army. Um, he's a lieutenant. Well, he'd just been uh, given his uh, new. Um, uh, promotion as lieutenant colonel oh, cool. and he was waiting for his um new command uh he's got it now um but we'd go into the workshop and spend three hours uh working in the you know he'd teach me about how to sharpen tools we'd go back to basics there was one day we spent three hours talking about screws and i swear i kid you not it was fascinating i loved it awesome. uh, you know um talking about the different whether it's a posit what's a posit drive versus what uh what's a uh, crosshead what uh, uh slotted why you'd use chrome why you use certain uh, uh synced and uh like what you know it is it is actually quite interesting once you get into it and he was very inspirational and jane uh, took me one side and she helped uh, so I'd spend like a couple of hours with her I'd spend a whole day down there because he's got a custom-built workshop on his property um, uh, and I'd spend like you know the morning with Pete and then I'd spend the afternoon with Jane to try and focus my business around and it's been extremely inspirational if nothing else because they made me realize I could do all these things because i was wor still working with scrap bits of um uh, fence boards and pete's just handing me pieces of oak going oh see what you can do with this and i'm like oh holy crap it's like six inches of oak and like now i'm buying a uh, 10 cubic f uh, foot of oak uh, at a time and uh, going oh well yeah i can afford the 500 pound you know I'll, I'll get it i'll make a couple of tables and then i'll uh, buy some more uh, but at that time i was you know terrified of working with hardwoods and stuff and it was um it was good so the i still yeah i still get um support through access to work and uh pam is quite supportive and last year i actually registered my own cic with the aim of helping people with hidden disabilities so the idea i was going to have before covid and everything hit and lockdown was uh, i was going to get a workshop and set it up for me 
but I was going to uh, run it through um, this small charitable company, but that meant I would be able to bring people in and give them real-world work experience, even if it was just making basic planters and garden furniture and things like that. Um, I love that uh, when, when, when you're helped out and you turn around and you, you, you know, it's so inspirational and it, and it really showed you, you are human, you can, you know, you're just as beautiful as anybody else, you know, and not in the, you know, but in the term, and then uh, you can turn around and you, you know, you want to give back because it's such a wonderful experience. I think that's that's marvelous. I've always liked fighting for the little guy to a point as well. Uh, or what I, uh, I, you know, people who who are considered little guys, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and stuff. But yeah, um, yeah, uh, Pete's. Different. So I mean, he has a command of. Uh, I think uh, usually with lieutenant colonels, it's uh, a command of about two thousand men below them, or oh, well, wow. two thousand soldiers. Um, so you, you know, he has like I'll I'll come into the house and Jane will say, "Oh, you need to be quiet," and then all of a sudden I'll hear Pete walking through, going, "Yes, Colonel. No, Colonel. I'll answer to the general, sir. Yes." And I'm like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> you know, uh, but it, you know, on the other side of it, he'll turn around to me in the workshop and he'll say, "Hey, well, what did you do this weekend?" Well, I went to the cinema and I managed to get a KFC, so I feel quite good. He goes, "Oh well, I was uh, out uh, on the uh, moors and we were firing ballistic missiles just to see how far they'd go." I'm like, "Oh well, you know, fine." Um, and then I mean, uh, the cool next too. weekend, um, but. Um, Pete's, uh, you know, so good. Um, I mean, he's an expert cabinet maker. Um, He got commissioned by the army. Uh, They had um, an old mount for a cannon because he's in, um, uh, I want to say the uh, the artillery. Um, That's what his... That that's what his main post is and everything, um. Uh, so he got asked by the general to uh, do a piece where he used the original wood from a two hundred year old um, uh, cannon mount to be able to create a box from it. But uh, it has to be very very specific. He had to work to the general specifications, which the general wouldn't wasn't necessarily trained in design. Yeah. Well, Pete is so he had to then translate it across and. And then um, he got told, well, it's going to go up in the um, uh, DOD headquarters, but we need to present it first. And the, uh, the Queen's going to be there having a look at all these things uh, to do with the army. And they came over to him at the beginning of the day and said, um, excuse me, um, uh, you, you can't talk to the Queen for longer than five minutes. Answer her questions, but don't talk about it. Say yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, and you know, no other. He went, that's not a problem. I can do that. And then uh, they came up to him about five minutes before she was meant to get there. She's running fast. She needs to burn off about 10 to 15 minutes. Can you talk about wood for 10 or 15 minutes? He goes, I think I can do that. <laughs> so there's this picture of him explaining how he uh, came up with this design and everything to the queen. And this That's guy amazing. trains me. So not only uh, have I got this um, uh, arm, uh, army-esque uh, person who... Just on that alone, I have a massive respect for. He also, you know, presents his work to the Queen, and that so, and he's training me. Um, Jane is really, really supportive. And before dealing with me, she'd never really had to deal with anybody, well, any adult that was necessarily autistic or identified that way. So she didn't know what she was dealing with. She learned a lot from me, but she's got a really good working relationship with Pam Lawrence, and now she mentors about 
well, I don't even know. I think it's five or six different people with autism to try and get their business up and running. Uh, Pam also works with companies that are run by NTs to try and help them take on people with autism and uh, help them with their what we'd refer to as reasonable adjustments. And this is what I'm talking about. I mentioned uh, before we started about the the difference between um, awareness and acceptance. And before we started talking, I mentioned that I really dislike Autism Awareness Week. I'm not against an Autism Week. I'm against the word awareness. Um, And what I said before we actually came on was um, the thing that I prefer is acceptance and we're all aware that you know the people are different whether they're gay straight whether they've got autism whether they're neurotypical whether they uh, they have days where they're down whether they've got anxiety or anything these are all things that can make things difficult um and we're all aware we now need to start moving towards an acceptance and this for me hannah uh, who she's she's hitting retirement age and the acceptance that she's put in place that I, I mean this is just what I've seen and what they've actually fed back to me personally uh, you know it, it's that level that's absolutely fantastic and this is what companies potentially are missing out on because they're turning around and saying well that's not the way we've always done it right yes so disheartening mm. well, maybe it's when time you to know, change well when you know <laughs> you that all it takes is a little extra something. Sometimes it's intention. Sometimes it's a change in the way that you speak. Sometimes it's, I mean, it, it, it doesn't take a lot for um, a company, an organization, an enterprise to, to make room for somebody um, who could be an extreme asset if you just changed a couple of things. Sorry about that abrupt ending there, but we warned you. You were warned. (laughs) Join us next week uh, where we finish Will's interview and he talks about his advocacy. Also, we are in dire need of more guests. Please join us. Tell us about your job. Go to carveresumes.com, fill out the contact form, and we'll get right back with you and schedule your interview. Look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.